0: podcast about the new jedi order i'm your host rocky and with me are my co-hosts megan and bria this month we'll be talking about enemy lines rebel dream by aaron alston in which jaina becomes a god wedge can't fail even when he tries and it's finally time to give up on the new republic's method of fighting a war so grab your bill up and enjoy the show <sighs> hello welcome back everyone
1: I love that you included Jaina becoming a god in the in the intro to this because it just continues Jaina's just sort of elevation into the Unharla personality and that was one of my favorite things about it.
2: How can you not talk about Jaina being a goddess in this book? (laughs) I would have been
0: disappointed if
2: Rocky had not put that in there.
0: I would be disappointed if I hadn't put it in there. When I first read that particular part, when I was first reading this book, my thoughts were, that's so cool, (laughs) approximately with that style of reaction, and continuing on with my teenage thought of, Jaina is a way cooler teenager than I ever was at that age, no matter what, but I'm also very (laughs) glad I don't have that level of drama, chaos, baggage, and people chasing me around the galaxy and apparently falling in love with me. Okay, no, I'll rant about that later
1: on. <laughs>
0: so say we all.
1: She has her own car and the parental figures in her life encourage her to paint monsters on it. That's a, that's a pretty the cool teenage life. parental figures in her
0: life, well, when they are being parents, they don't even tell her no, you can't take your car and go where you want. <laughs>
1: along with that you get the crippling fear of death so it's a trade-off yeah
0: Yeah, that problem and also the whole parental figures in her life tend to kind of be a revolving door of people and or kidnappings happen also oh well
2: (laughs) I feel like we should just go ahead jump through the other stuff and then just talk about Jaina
0: (laughs) because I feel like we're already almost there (laughs) we are all we all have many feels about this but Disclaimer portion, as a reminder, here on the Bongcast, we do not talk about spoilers for future books in this series, but we do go through today's book really thoroughly. And as you can tell, if you've not read this book already, go away, go read it. Now come back to the episode and enjoy all the spoilers. And we need a reading of the book summary.
2: Yes, great one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't need any more delusions of grandeur, okay? I'm not a goddess
2: today. All right, let's see what ridiculousness we have this time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Scattering after the Yuuzhan Vong's invasion of Coruscant, the panic-stricken members of the New Republic's Advisory Council pause just long enough to set up a mock defense on nearby Borles an attempt to buy time that fools no one, least of all the Jedi. Leia and Han Solo travel from world to world to... Fome- Foment? Is that a word? Yes! Foment. Really? Huh, okay. Mm. Rebellion against the New Republic's disastrous appeasement policies. Balik Skywalker has chosen the most dangerous assignment of all. To sneak into the Yuuzhan Vong stronghold in Coruscant. His outrageous scheme to gain entry is either brilliant or suicidal, depending on the outcome. Okay, first of all, it wasn't his scheme, but I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Bearing (laughs) down swiftly on Borlaeus' Vong invasion fleet, determined to destroy the galaxy's remaining defenders. Where is Jaina in this description? (laughs) Nowhere. Am I going
0: to have to get out another angry soapbox in this? What?
2: (laughs) I I know I'm editorializing in my dramatic readings more lately, but... What First of all, (laughs) it's also like
1: (laughs) lower on the drama and higher on the SAT words, disastrous appeasement policies. I I did not know foment was a word until just now. Wow. It's It's one of those words that I always think is spelled differently. I always try to put an R in it because then it would be forment like form. But I don't think that's real. (laughs) Yeah, I kept thinking ferment.
2: Which is entirely different. they're just gonna set up a brew brew brewery wow <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna brew rebellion megan <laughs>
0: yeah. i mean i bet that's a name of a pretty good drink of some sort
2: <laughs> Re- fermented rebellion <laughs> <laughs> all right brian when you listen to this to edit it please there's your topic for the next Sashi brew house make a rebellion yes. beer based development. Upon- The Yuzhen Vong War.
1: Oh my gosh, the Borlaeus beer. It like starts one way and finishes another way because it's a ruse. And And, I don't know. And it's too good to fail.
0: So you start trying to make an IPA, but then you actually end up making a good beer. I'm in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually drink beer. I just know how to sound like I know what flavors go with things. So (laughs) there's something to do with hops.
0: I'm very in character in that all my favorite beers, even though I don't really, I can't really have a lot of them because they're so darn strong, but all my favorite ones taste of coffee or chocolate, and they are very dark. (laughs) Uh, (sighs) Love coffee things. (laughs) As we were saying, this book seems to also have a lot of interesting calf references. And a note that Luke still drinks hot chocolate, which I still think is really cute.
1: (laughs) I love that so much.
0: So adorable. It really (laughs) is. (laughs)
1: Oh, man. All right. Where do we
0: want to start? That summary was lacking a character we all really love and who we spent much of this book talking about Ray Squadron. Among others. (laughs) Okay. But wait a minute. Isn't the point of Wraith Squadron, of course they wouldn't be mentioned in the book. They're meant to be the sneaky, stealthy people.
2: But, but, okay, I'll hold on to that because we can talk about Jaina first. And then I'll go (laughs) on to my, I love Wraith Squadron more than life itself and also air rant.
0: (laughs) Yub yub, commander. Exactly. (laughs) That had to get in here somewhere.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry. Jaina. Jaina Solo. Goddess. The great one. Trickster. i
0: think it is so perfectly in character that she's decided to become the avatar of Yoon harla because she understands the power of psychological warfare and that's a very fancy way of saying she is a troll
1: yes <laughs> and then they decide to help her troll harder <laughs> Beautiful. this book didn't quite get to the depths of trolling in dark journey um until the end and but when it got there it was fantastic um the beginning was a little bit slow for me which I feel like has been a a repeated opinion lately that it like some of them start kind of tangential to the rest of the story but um we're not talking about structure here we're talking about Jaina and both (laughs) uh I you mentioned earlier like her Trouble with her parental figures and one of the things that I thought was like great about Jaina in this one is that she does have like this really closeness with Leia and um, she kind of has is comforted by Leia after a whole almost her whole life of being kind of held at arm's length and that conversation of like our people is everyone just trying to undo their parents good intentions or bad intentions all the time. Kind of really, I, I thought about it for a while. So really liked uh, her stuff with Leia and also sure would you call it depression? do you think her fatalism?
0: PTSD? okay.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. I have PTSD myself. I've probably said this on this podcast. That feeling, that fatalism, I know it very well. it's so well done it's creepy well done and I really really applaud this book for being so straightforward and honest about that really dark difficult set of emotions that total emotional blunting and the fatalism and kind of the breaking point being I don't want to be like this even if I don't know how to stop it
2: I'm not even surprised it's coming from Aaron Alston, though, Yeah, out of all the authors in Legends and possibly Star Wars in general. He mm-hmm. has been the one to engage the best with mental health, essentially, yeah. because no, I definitely agree there. Yeah. Between this book and then I think we said we're going to talk about Mercy Kill later on. And even with it, the original three Ray Squadron books, I mean, he doesn't pull punches. He may be the funniest Star Wars author. Well, I think DJ Older gave some competition now, but as one of the funniest Star Wars authors, he also was like, yeah, we're going to talk about the real stuff and and how war affects people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then kind of going back to what Megan was saying before, I almost feel like we have to talk about Jaina's conversation with Tahiri because yes. she, I Tahiri gives it to her straight and it was like, yeah. what the hell are you doing?
1: I loved yeah. that conversation. I and love <laughs> they were so honest with each other and they were clearly like really old friends who could do that, but they at the same time they couldn't like Tahiri wasn't in on the plan at that point, was she? Uh I don't, I don't think know. so. I don't okay, I don't
0: know, so, but I don't think so. Okay, um, hold on.
2: I So she wasn't entirely she wasn't in on it, but I don't think it was quite as fleshed out because it looks like she and Tahiri talk and then the very next chapter is when the wraiths come and chat with Jaina and like Shar and Piggy really drive home like no this is what you signed up for.
1: Tahiri was not an insider quote but she had a lot of information I think.
2: Yeah plus this book and Dark Journey overlap Mm -hmm. um, because Jane, I think she comes here immediately after Dark Journey ends, but she doesn't show up till what, a third of the way through the book, maybe?
1: Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, I had to get about to that point before I actually determined where the timeline was because I was trying to remember if this one was concurrent with Dark Journey or overlapping. And once we hit the overlap point, then I realized kind of about where it was falling.
2: Yeah. And it's actually kind of helpful that they put They give you the time frame.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really helpful because this has happened yet again in my third major read through the New Jedi Order. I've kind of lost track of the time frame and how many years it's actually supposed to have been from Vector Prime.
2: I think we're about three at this point, three and a half.
0: That makes sense. Because, like, my brain wants to say it's four to five, but there's another part of my brain wanting to say maybe two, which I know is not right. I don't know. I think
2: the New Jedi Order takes place over five years total.
0: Okay. Okay, I'm just going to have to look this up and, like, write myself a note about this, because every single time I do this reread, I lose track of time. <laughs> I'm a nerd Always. about timelines
1: for, the, for Legends, so... <laughs> Thinking Hi. about how close this was to Dark Journey makes me think about Jaina um, partnering up with Tenel Ka, and then you get that great hug between Jaina and Tahiri in this one, which was just so good. And then, like, the kind of closeness between Jaina and Leia, all of which are these kind of emotional release valves for all of this tension and fatalism that um, Jaina has are really good and was kind of some of my favorite uh parts of this were like was that conversation with tahiri i liked the um we forgive me if i'm jumping ahead in the thing a little bit but i'm gonna do it um you have an interesting quote about or a question about how much has Jaina changed and would she have changed Would she have gotten there as fast if it weren't for becoming Yoon Harla? Which I just think is a really interesting question. Like, would she have been able to maybe even kind of open up more to people if she hadn't had to hide this? Or did masking herself in that way enable her to come to terms with the trauma that she had? Um, I think there's, you could argue for either one, but I'm curious about... Uh, Rocky, what you had in mind when you wrote that question?
0: My feeling was by the end of this book, becoming Yoon Harla was almost essential to Jaina finding peace at all with all of the horrible things she's dealing with and kind of figuring out how to live with it. It really felt like that was almost like a release for her because she was able to channel a lot of her want for revenge, a lot of her destructive feelings, a lot of it was getting channeled against the Yuzhambong. It was finding an okay outlet for her that wasn't turning into dark side risks, letting her basically be a terrible troll and be helpful for psychological warfare. It, I feel like it was one of those things that was kind of, it was kind of a key to finding any peace whatsoever (laughs) with any of the trauma. I think
2: and
0: it also she's forced. Fun with <laughs> she's also having fun with it. So <laughs> yeah,
2: I think it also forced her to actually trust people again, mm-hmm. which wasn't really happening so much on Hapes because we talked a lot about how her and uh, Kip were both trying to manipulate each other, and then I think in this book and it and it happens more in the next one if I remember correctly. I think there's a really great conversation between her, Kip, and Jag in that book. Um, where you actually see them as all all three of them even, well, maybe not Kip and Jag, but as friends and as people that she knows have her back. And I don't think she would have gotten there without the, the Yoon Harla stuff. Yeah. Or not this quickly, at least she'd Mm -hmm. probably be on a dark side bender still.
0: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's, It felt like Jaina and Jag and Kip really figured out more of how to work together. And I also don't think they would have done that whatsoever without you and Harla.
2: Oh, definitely not. Mm, Yep.
0: (laughs) Yep. And it was just endlessly entertaining watching them have to to put up with Jaina being a god.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really liked the descriptions of Jaina and Kip kind of... um, force melding, right? There's a bit about how she reaches out in the force and grabs him as easily as catching a comrade's hand. And I just like thought that was nice. I'm all for friendships between Jedi and then Jag being an awkward third wheel. <laughs> but there was also kind of that um, I'm curious about what will you all think about the like kind of way Kip was psychoanalyzing himself kind of thinking like He was attracted to Jaina, but in a way that he's kind of put aside and has some distance from now. And he thinks, like, maybe he liked her because he wanted Han's approval and he wanted to, and to me, I feel like you can also read that as he wanted to guide someone else on the path that is different from his own path so that it's as if Han never, as if Han saw Kip as a better person. I just thought that was, like, kind of... Kind of Kip putting himself in the therapist couch there for a minute. It was interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was Kip working through having a crush on Jaina and the realization of, huh, maybe I like her because I really want to impress Han. And as I'm reading this, I'm just thinking Kip. You could just admit you have a terrible, creepy crush on her, but you realize she's super not interested, and you're better off getting over her. Can't you just admit it?
2: I think a part of it also has to do with the fact that Kip. Let's let's be honest. No one in Star in Star Wars has good emotional maturity. Yeah. Um, but the whole fact that he was, what, 16 when he blew up an entire planet that had his brother on it because he was trying to get revenge for his brother, that really didn't do much to help. Um, no. <laughs> I'm not sure that Kip actually understands what, like, he really seriously understood what friendship was before this book.
1: Hmm, so I, yeah.
2: a part of me yeah. thinks that, yes, he was, and, and this is coming from someone who, who did read and write Kip and Jana fanfic as a teenager because I was a troll, um, <laughs> but like I, the more I read it now, the more I see that he just didn't have the ability to ed- really identify what his emotions were once he got to know her as a person, and he wasn't trying to manipulate her or or whatever it was. And I think he, this was sort of him realizing, oh, crush on her, bad idea, friend. In whatever, you know, in some sort of mentor way or whatever he can be. Or maybe I'm just projecting. I don't know.
0: (laughs) No, no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense that he's finally kind of realized, okay, crush on her, very bad plan. Also, she's super not interested, not happening. Feels like Kip grew up a lot in this book. And even, even though he is what, 16 years older than Jaina, if not more? Like, he grew up a ton in this book. He kinda needed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he really needed it.
1: <sighs> is that a transition into... Yes. The, the, the <laughs> uh... <laughs> Oh crap, I'm wearing
0: the wrong shirt for this occasion. Where's my <laughs> Jaina Solo shipwars shirt? <laughs> is,
1: you know, is there any oh. chemistry be- between them? And I just added, no. <laughs> No, so that's oh, no, are, there's are. no
0: chemistry. Uh, okay,
2: I'm gonna be the contrary person. <laughs> because I think, I think I saw it back when Stackpole was writing them, because, or it wasn't, you know, they they had they had those moments in the Dark Tide books where uh, Jaina just like immediately hates him, mm-hmm. but then because it's Jaina, she's like, oh, he flies great. And that's her, also, emotional maturity. It makes sense that Jaina is attracted to another pilot. <laughs> hmm mm, That's true. And we haven't seen a whole lot of it. And I feel like Dark Journey was a bit of a mess because she was trying to get over her dark side issues. And there was both. I think there was physical attraction between them at that point. But Jaina can't figure herself out. And Jag has a stick up his rear end. Um so he didn't want to admit it. And then in this book has them both have that that near death moment. I think that just gives them both clarity. And Jag is finally the stick in his rear end is starting to migrate a bit <laughs> Um, now that he's not with the Chiss as much. And I think it says something that the pilot writers are the ones who have put the most chemistry between these two Pilot
1: characters. Mm. Oh
0: dear. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: that's a good point.
0: That and, actually makes a lot of sense, and also makes a lot of sense that Jane is going to be interested in someone who actually can be a better pilot than she is.
1: The problem. And, uh,
0: I just oh, go ahead. I can't see it. I don't I think... know. I'm just intensely not a Jaina Jagshipper Jag Shipper at all. And was deeply disappointed that that was kind of where it ended up in the longer (laughs) run. But
1: I want to start off by the caveat that I am not a good person to go to for relationship advice, whether that's real or fictional. (laughs) Um, But I felt that this was um, not appealing to me because there wasn't a lot of clear communication. And I think that is partially because these people are not necessarily the most emotionally mature or because relationships in uh, like don't always, you know, it's not always perfectly clear and laid out like everyone being very clear about their emotions and very kind of robotic and saying, this is how I feel about you. like shall we proceed? You know, that's not really how it works. <laughs> um, but I felt that, um Jag went very quickly from being rude to her to uh, waiting for her to break down and then kind of, then the romance kind of started out of nowhere. And I was thinking about this going, well, what did he provide to her? What, like, signals could he have given her? And he did, like, he protected her in combat. That's really important. He, let he like, helped her not die. That's kind of important. And he felt because of how he was raised and because of how his his father's expectations, he felt that being over emotional would have been inappropriate. Like that would have been i I think um sort of insulting to her in his view if he had been over emotional. And so that's why he presented himself the way that he did. Um but she's but in but he came off as just being very closed off until suddenly he wasn't. And I think that type of thing just didn't really work for me does does, does that make sense at all I might be coming it like does. that might be very no, personal it, I don't no, know it does sense. but I think I don't know
2: for me I read that scene between the two of them outside of Wedge's office as the dam just breaking for both of them Yes, because of that and, and I don't think it was I don't think either one of them would have preferred to be in that situation for things between them to be like, oh, okay, we do like each other. Like, neither one of them want that. Like, what if that wouldn't been their first pick. But I think, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not a ride-or-die Jagger, Jag and Jaina shipper. I, I don't even really ship. I, I'm Jaina Solo in her strong, independent woman, get crap done, don't have your plot line be about your romance for 40 years. Um yeah, I I I don't know. I just I just saw it as, you know, that that moment was Jag was pretty sure he was gonna die. I'm pretty that that was my read on that. Jaina and she even has that line later where she was just like everyone is going away. They keep going away and I can't stop mm, it.
0: Yes. Yes. And I
2: think that says a lot because she's for she's sure. lost her both of her brothers. Zach just went screw this and went away and I think she just got yeah I mean I'm not I'm not saying it's an emotionally mature or like the best way to go I can't stop saying emotionally mature I'm not saying it's like the most healthy way to start a relationship (laughs) but I get it It again also not a romantic person yeah yeah
0: it makes a lot of sense in context and I kind of just realized this Jaina needs to feel like there's something stable going on in her life, even if only a little bit, only for a short time. And she's finally finding the words and the ability to tell people what's going on in her head. That sense of everyone's leaving. She's finally finding the ability to talk about it. And she's talking to someone else who seems very emotionally closed off and very robotic in a way. And I'm not surprised in retrospect that, that it happened, but yeah. it, it made more sense to me as kind of an in-the-moment thing than as a longer-term thing.
1: Mm. It's also something that I can kind of quite comfortably ignore. Like, I'm not going, the book is ruined for me, you know, I still... I'm still enjoying the characters, so I
0: tend to rant a lot more about it in a uh, later on series. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Darkness> trilogy.
2: <laughs> Excuse me, I had something so. in my throat about bugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I don't. I did not expect to be the person on this podcast going, okay, but Jana Jack, here's why it makes sense, and yet here we are. But the one more thing I will say in Jack's defense is. Number one, that boy is totally someone who calls his father sir and like uses his dad's titles instead of actually, hey, father, what's up? Or hey, dad. I don't think he's ever said dad in his life.
0: No. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I think he would. Oh, I have all of these funny mental images now of the first time that Jaina convinces Jag to come to a family dinner and Jag sees just how much of a hot mess the Sky Solo clan is.
1: Oh, he already knows. Didn't Han punch him at one point? Uh, n- maybe. Am I getting my? I think so. Swap? Punch-
2: Han punched a hapen dude in the last book.
0: I feel like Han punched Jag at some point. I'm almost positive it happened, but now I'm also wondering if my brain made that up because I shipped Jaina Solo, Sword of the Jedi. So,
1: <laughs> I might be thinking of the hapen dude. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> no. Yeah. we can.
0: <laughs> wait, we'll tell Han to go punch.
1: Shh, we will. Okay.
2: All right. Do we do we want to go back to the trickster stuff? Since I feel I like we might just start so. talking in circles, because I want to talk about the wraiths.
0: Yes, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Jana painting boxing on her X wing. It warms my heart. Yes. And then she has Piggy in her
2: squadron who she was like, Oh wait, you're real? I thought he was just you were just one of my dad's stories about how you can be whatever you want to be when you grow Aww. up. <laughs>
0: Oh, Piggy, I love you. I love you so much. I was so happy to see the Wraiths again and so happy to see all of these wonderful, wonderful one-liners and so much snark. And I'm also going to use the line, the worst idea is in a thousand generations of bad ideas, eh, you haven't heard all our ideas. I am (laughs) going to use that at work because I can think of many instances in which it's perfectly applicable.
2: Yeah. Poor Luke Skywalker does not know what he's getting in for with the wraiths
0: <laughs> Oh, Luke!
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: I it's love it. Excellent! It's so excellent.
1: <sighs> I'm trying to look up the name right now because I want to say this correctly. But the dialogue between Luke and Bindi was really good. I really <laughs> like her. I mean, I know I like her going forward into the series. But um, she's like a good uh, kind of side character. Not a Wraith, technically, right? She's an informant of some kind. But uh, I think a- she is a
2: Wraith, actually.
1: Oh, okay. She's introduced as one of them. I'm 0 for 2 on facts.
2: It's okay. I just know the Wraiths very well.
1: <laughs> but I really <laughs> liked her kind of needling Luke a little bit.
2: Yeah, I love Kel Tainer. Kel and Face are my favorites. I've I love love
0: face a lot.
2: <laughs> like Cal, Kel, Kel has been my favorite since I first started reading the books because he likes to blow things up, and he's such a good tr- boy who got past his trauma, and I love him. Um, his daddy issues. Um, yeah, I I love when he's talking to Luke though because, and he has a conversation about his his wife and his son, and I'm trying for how to say this without spoiling anything. Actually, I don't think it spoils anything, Um, because there's a point in Mercy Kill later on, which takes place much later, where we find out that Kel and Tyria actually have more than one child, and that you know he only Kel only mentions the one in conversation to Luke, and I'm like, oh, because their other kid is back home on Tyria's homeworld, so that way their entire family can't die in one attack, and I'm like. In one Vong attack. And I'm just like, this is Gosh. tragic. Yes. That is so horrible. No, that's literally so from Aaron sensible. Alston. That is literally what Aaron Alston told us at Dragon Con. And I just cried for like an hour afterwards.
0: It's so understandable and sensible. And especially for people like the rates to go, this is really bad. We have to take proper measures to try to keep our families safe. And well, if that's part of it, that's part of it. But it's really, yeah. really sad. Yeah,
2: and then they, you know, make up for it by Kell saying things like, "Beat the crows at dawn," and complaining about this bad holo drama, and then them pitching <sighs> Luke Skywalker on this completely and utterly absurd way to basically ride these surfboards—or, I see them as surfboards in my brain. I don't think they're actually surfboards.
1: <laughs> the, the Odst pods, except worse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They just
2: ride them into the atmosphere and Luke's like, You've got to be kidding me. And the race are like, Yeah, it's fine. We won't die this time. He's like, You have got to be kidding me. And yes! I just I love it.
0: I and love it. And they take so those much. ridiculous little things all the way down to Vong forming Coruscant. And and Luke's thinking, Tahiri's going to be such a mess, and Tahiri's going, This is the best plan ever. Yes. <laughs> I know. I love that.
1: That was awesome.
0: Yes. Let Takiri
1: be happy.
0: Yes. yes, Let her be be a teenager. Let her be happy for once. She deserves so much more happy. She does.
1: This is also the section during which Luke and Mara both wear Yusunvang armor. And there's some art of that somewhere. And it's good art. Yeah.
2: I I loved the... There's a line I didn't... I can't remember where in here it is where Luke says something about, yeah, the uh, he was wearing one of the fake sets of armor because he
0: didn't feel it would be quite right to wear one of the real ones, but he had a mechanical hand. And I'm like, Luke Skywalker, like, are no. you concerned about cultural appropriation? Yes. <laughs> I <he's> <laughs> read there's... that and I'm like, oh I just want to hug Luke and go, you tried.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good boy. I mean, Tamara being
0: described as stylishly savage, I love it. <laughs> That
1: oh line, so, much. so <laughs> good. There's the part also where Leia doesn't want uh doesn't want people to call the Yusanbong Scarheads quote because it's offensive. And I thought like that's kinda nice that she is concerned about that even though they don't have any Yusanbong allies at this point. So they're both concerned about that. She says
2: it to Tark, right? Yes. Mini Anakin? Uh, yes. Yeah. Anakin. Oh, oh. I, that's what I love about this book and I think I'm jumping around again in the notes um, where, I don't have any
0: focus at all you're fine
2: Well, <laughs> where you say it feels like a turning point in the war I also feel like it feels like a turning point in the series yes because we've just come off of Star by Star and Dark Journey which yes there are ridiculous things in Dark Journey but it's pretty heavy because it's Jaina dealing with the dark side, losing her brothers, etc and an Aaron Alston novel is always going to be funny in some way, shape, or form. And I feel, um, actually, the point one of you guys made earlier about how it starts out slow, more than any other duology in this in the genetic order. I feel like this one and this and the next one are just. They, I just count them as one book in my brain because they feel like they're telling the, just the one big story. Um, it just. It was so. This was so refreshing, and I know I have an Aaron Alston bias, and I know I have a Wraith bias, and a Wedge Antilles bias, but <laughs> this book just made me happy, and I I read through it quickly. But granted, I was reading it the last minute, but I feel like I was reading it quickly because I didn't want to put it down. I wanted to keep going and and see what was going to happen. And even in this sadness, and like when it's hitting you with the weight of this war that's been going on for years, you're just like. Look at you guys. You're you're happy and you're having these brief moments and you can joke around. And yeah, I
0: have that's so many why, feelings. <laughs> that's why I also love this book so much because, yeah, I definitely read this one way faster than average. And I think a lot of it was I didn't want to put it down the flow, the pacing. I forgot how much I love Aaron Alston books because... It does feel like a turning point in the series and the war. Even if like star by star-ish is kind of where I've always put the halfway point of the series, this feels like a real turning point. It feels like people are actually starting to figure out we need to fight back, let's do this, let's stop talking about whether we should and actually do something with ourselves. And it feels it feels like even though We've lost Coruscant and lost so much. Things can get better. We can figure this out and take back the galaxy. It's There's a little bit of optimism in there that I think we've sorely needed.
2: It's the start of the uphill trend again.
0: Yes. Yes, very much so. And I felt like that was really... Jumping around again, it was really well captured with the moment where the remnants of the New Republic Advisory Council walk in to Wedge and they prove that they are their usual selves, a bunch of irritating and annoying and overly bureaucratic and stuffy politicians. And that's when Wedge just realizes, you know what? Never mind these guys. This is useless.
2: Can we talk about his, like, totally ballsy move in that room of oh, you want me to do this and you have dis- okay. you have come into my house and disrespected me? No. We're going to court martial yes. you. No, you're not. And here's what you're going to give me. And then he kicks Tycho under the table to send out
0: <laughs> orders. Like, yes, I actually ended out. up writing this out from Poe there. Antilles, you are obviously deranged. You should have been put out to pasture years ago. Wedge, I should have been left there. And if the advisory council had conducted its part of the war with the Yuzhangbang in any competent fashion, I could have been left there. <sighs> and this Were we is getting after close tr- water for that burn? <laughs> yeah.
2: and this is after Plo tries to, like, promote Taiko, And I'm like, okay, number one, did you not pay attention, like, 25 years ago when Wedge was ready to, like, burn a building down for Tycho? These, like, these are... You know that trope, uh, Heterosexual Life Partners? Yeah. That's Wedge and Tycho. (laughs) Yes. In this situation in canon. I'm like, you don't come between them. They will mess up the entire galaxy for each other.
0: Yes. And enjoy it, too. (laughs) I just absolutely loved Wedge being so totally done with the New Republic being inept. And then realizing, you know what? we're not going to win this war fighting as the new republic because well we've proven that already let's go be the rebellion <laughs> mm-hmm. or
1: be resistance and as then, they
0: call it i, <laughs> I yeah. saw that and uh, i'm just like yes
1: <laughs> and then the progression into be the empire or they're not that going that, to like
2: the empire
1: that <laughs> ending
0: written in a book yeah I totally, so good. <laughs> okay, did anybody else totally forget that the Lusankia still existed? Because when, when that happened, my first thought was, wait a minute, that still exists? We didn't destroy the Lusankia a gajillion years ago? Wait, weren't there two or three? And then I realized I really just need to reread the X-Wing series.
2: Yes, yes, you should. That's
0: basically where my brain went.
2: <laughs> you have to reread them before we get to Mercy Kill at the end of the year. Clearly.
1: <laughs> I had remembered that Lusanka still existed, but I hadn't remembered the exact plan. I was like, I know that Republic captain has to have some purpose in this. I know the Star Lancers are basically a ruse, but I couldn't remember how those things all fit together, so the orbital bombardment was very satisfying.
2: That would be amazing to see on screen.
0: Yes. Oh man. Yes. <laughs> I love how they called it Operation Emperor's Hammer. Yes. <laughs> I oh. love how ridiculous and wonderful all of this was. And Wedge realizing, well, we're going to win a victory we really didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was <one's laughs> like, one of my favorite, favorite lines too. Yes. Yeah, I that did,
2: that now one... I want to find the actual line because it, it cracks me up oh. every time.
0: Yes. That one and the description of the guy who's captaining the Lusitania, a captain whose career had long been characterized by strong-willed indecisiveness.
1: <laughs> We're about and... to achieve a tremendous victory. We don't want that one. <laughs> it's fu- no, it's
2: the yes, it's the follow-up. That Tycho gave him a thin smile. We'll put it in your biography. General Antilles was so good he couldn't fail when he tried to. <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> I've literally
2: told my mom, or not my mom, my friend, that her mom is Wedge Tilly's once. And she was like, what? I was like, because you just told me this whole story about how your mom went and did something just to do it. And she didn't mean to win, but she was so good that she couldn't
0: fail. I'm like, your mom is Wedge and (laughs) Tilly's." And really, that does say a lot about the state of the New Republic's military at this point. That someone whose best quality is strong-willed indecisiveness has been given a superstar destroyer. This makes me slightly concerned.
1: <laughs> they just needed him to lurk and then do the orbital bombardment. It turned out fine.
2: More or less. Oh, More or man. less.
1: One of the things I wanted to point out while we were talking about Republic military was Lando... Field live fire testing his uh, Yusun Vong hunter droids, and the kind of fake out in the beginning where you think he's with uh, real, you know, with not humans necessarily, organic soldiers. And uh, he's with the droids, and there were just a couple pretty cool uh, scenes where he kind of just commands a whole room because he has these droids with him.
0: Oh,
2: Lando. He's got some interesting moments in this book.
0: Oh, Lando. The moment where he just totally pulls rank and reminds people, look, I could make like a call to Wedge and I'm suddenly General Calrissian again.
2: That was beautiful.
0: (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) And all of the wonderful Lando and his pet YVH droid snarking back and forth to each other. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
2: I'm I teaching myself to banter.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we did have a, a sad day for Alima Watch, which is the subject of one of our listener questions. Um, I was not personally a fan of the interactions between Lando and Alima. It oh felt God! Very, very much yeah. like, oh gosh, we're back to. Alima being written as this stereotype, and even she didn't even have a sufficient motivation there. It was like, I mean, except like fun, I guess, but I don't find that to my taste. Um, yeah, it was like uh, creepy. There, there was no she had no motivation because Lando was already on her side. So what was the what was the point other than to say this is how Twi'leks are?
2: Yeah, some people just like sex. I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's about, that's I, I, literally the best thing I have. Is I I, I don't want to like. It's not a great moment. I thought it was kind of gross, especially after Wanda was like uh, married, like yeah. the, the follow up. But I don't know. I I also don't want to like. It it's a that's the weird thing about about how when female characters are written this way is it's a delicate line to walk between. This is not how you should be writing these characters, and also not wanting to slut shame. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I had this issue with a a non Star Wars character I love, uh, with Emma Frost a lot, where she's very much written as like hypersexualized a lot by different authors, and you're just like, well, where is the balance between how you discuss the character?
1: I think it depends on the intent of the writer but also more so the reaction of the reader like there's it's perfectly valid to either find it like a fun and funny and sexy scene or to say I'm uncomfortable with this and feel like it kind of isn't uh, a portion of the story so much as a portion of kind of fan service um yeah. and I think that both of those point points of view are understandable there's no
2: yeah i don't yeah i mean i don't disagree with you about i think all three of us are on the as Odie put it uh Aleema trying to seduce lando empowered or ew i think all three of us are on the ew side
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: but it's, yeah
0: Alima deserves so much better because it doesn't have to be like this at least I feel like it's totally possible to write a character who has an active sex life without it turning into, ew, hypersexualization Yeah, yeah, you could
1: definitely have done this with other, other characters but it almost, I feel like, is a little bit more permissible quote, that's such a huge, broad term, and I sort of apologize for it, but like Because it's uh, such a casual scene as opposed to a scene like between people who are married, for example, there's this element of like, this doesn't really matter. This doesn't really have like emotional depth, Mm -hmm. whereas with someone else, it might. And yeah,
0: it's so kind of out of nowhere. And yes, just like, wait, what? No, no, Aleema. Aleema deserves better. I'll get back on that soapbox.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty much the sum of it is that we are still on that soapbox. (laughs) yes
0: yeah and on
2: the bright not <laughs> on the bright side at least this book used tendra
0: and yeah, she wasn't yes.
2: ignored and completely forgotten i was like this is nice yeah it's nice to see all these all these characters coming back although i'm still waiting for winter where's my girl
0: yes yes bring I'm her sure winter has something useful and important to do throughout this come on <laughs> i mean she's Tycho's wife she Let's be has- real, her Does and he Iella means- are running crap. Yes, this is true. And speaking of which, can we talk about how awesome it is that Iella and Danny Cui are becoming friends and how yes. useful it is? Yes,
2: <gasps> also, I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, Danny Cui in this one was very good. And I guess yes. kind of the reversal of the Aleema situation is Tam the spy who was supposed to seduce Danny Cui and... It was just not happening at all. No.
0: <sighs> yeah. No. <laughs> just no. Oh, Tam. When he's told, oh yeah, do whatever it takes to get close to her so you can get the info you need. Seduce her even if that helps. Whatever. And he's like, how?
1: <laughs> like, I was not trained for this.
0: Yes. Also, the description of whatever's causing him the headaches when he disobeys—I just like Oof. winced at that, and yeah. my first thought was, "My migraines sympathize with how horrifying that must be."
2: <laughs>
0: yes. Like, yeah. wow, that's evil. That's really. Uh.
2: I forgot that Vicky Sesh was still alive.
0: Huh. Oh, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I she thought had she had died. I really thought she had died in Star by Star.
0: I forgot she hadn't sometimes and she nearly she's trying-
1: died in this one. <laughs> yeah. A couple times.
0: <laughs> and she's trying so desperately to keep herself alive. And I loved the line about her and Savong La's relative there, Ma La, that they were kind of in the place of Naminor and Berger, the non-Yushambong female who was a lot smarter than often given credit for being the snark and banter right near Savangla. I really really liked that comparison It's a good one but Vicky is I don't really She's feel Vicky. that Vicky is anywhere near as interesting manipulative or smart as Verger seems to turn out to be Oh hell uh, no Later Vicky said she's
2: not as smart no. or as talented as she thinks she is.
0: No. She's no. a disaster. I, she I also think gets the you tried prize. <laughs> I
2: feel like that was part of Tam's problem. He didn't yes. have a decent handler.
0: He yes, just had he Vicky. he had a terrible handler and he's also, if he had a good handler, he would have been chosen for a slightly different
1: job in the first place.
2: Probably. But on the other hand, all the other Vong stuff in this book is good.
1: <laughs> oh, I yes, love that yes. we meet Sivong Law's dad. That just, like, it seems like it has so much potential for humor, especially because he calls him up and he's basically a, like, professor nearing retirement. Um, yes. I thought that stuff was all pretty interesting.
2: I've been excited for him. Okay, wait, I'm going to try and say it. Zulkang
1: Law? Is that... And that sounds, you know, that I, I could couldn't work. do better than that. So i,
0: I, I going mean, with. We could have C- a Yushanbong pronunciation contest and not be able to determine a winner.
2: I'm just <laughs> guessing based on this, the CZ. I'm assuming that's like a like czar.
0: My, my first thought when <laughs> I was like 15, 16 was Cholkang La, but like. My brain decided CZ was a CH sound, and I don't know why.
1: We really I don't, don't know. Do have a different, because I was thinking like Sewell, like like a sharp S kind of thing. "sulkang." Kang? But who knows?
0: Hey, listeners, so- if you have alternate pronunciations, tell us, because we're all right.
2: <laughs> and let's be clear, none of us are going to actually, even if you tell us it's right, I'm still not going to get it right.
0: I think I still say (laughs) for Shambong linguistics forever. So whatever.
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Point is, I've been really looking forward to him being in this book, and I love seeing him and Wedge get to face off from across the galaxy. And then related to that, I love when they first, before they go and get him, they're like, "Oh, yes, this this general who's down on Borleus. That must be Garn Bliss." Yes. And they're like, actually, no. And now I just really want to read a book where, obviously, I love Wedge to death. He's one of my favorite characters. But I just want to see a book where it's just um, Zolkang La and Garm Bliss facing off. And just being like, let's do a holographic chess match and see yes! who wins.
0: <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> Someone write us this fic, please.
2: Yeah. Except I guess <laughs> it can't be holograms. It has to be, like, whatever the... Yuzen Vong will deem acceptable for technology. Okay, so
0: like wizard chess from Harry Potter, but Yuzen Vong style, where they're all like some kind of living animal. I could see that <gasps> being be a, a, a form a- of popular yeah. entertainment.
1: Lots of tiny moths. Yes, yes. there should be a Yuzen Vong chess set.
0: Please. <laughs> So do we get Wait, little villips? So do, do, do we get Phillips like, as like the pawns? Or are yes, they going to gosh. see those repoids? No, 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 soldiers? no, no. no. The,
2: the, the, oh. shamed, the shamed ones can be pawns. Hmm. Okay,
0: where does one get
1: Christopher
0: chest? <laughs> <laughs> let idea. us
2: do a podcast, guys. Who let is us.
1: the queen in this? Okay, we'll have to figure this out.
2: I feel like we I, mean, I can't say that until we finish the series. Okay. Yeah
0: about to say a lot of my theories on some of the major pieces (laughs)
2: because i i about
0: that later
2: actually hold (laughs) on no wait i'm gonna type it in the box
0: (laughs) also if your piece gets captured there we
2: go i didn't spell them right but i think you know what i mean
0: yes of course who yeah, else would right? it be? And thank you for choosing mm-hmm. the right king and queen. Ask us about Obviously. this one at the purifying force. Thank you.
2: I think I got it
0: right. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's what yeah, I was thinking did. too. Yeah. Yeah. We're being such teases right now, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even sorry. Also, also, I'm
0: very glad I'm not the only one who actually does kind of know chess because it's awesome. <laughs> it Speaking
1: is. of uh, things that are going to happen further on in the series, um. Uh, Nen Yim shows up briefly in this uh, in this book and I like that that Savangla pictures specifically because he knows that she doesn't have um, a loyalty to the shapers
2: uh, yeah that was really good.
0: yes And I also like one of my thoughts there as I was reading that was huh you know I wonder if that's actually a thing that has happened in yujabon culture where say a heretic shaper has been taken as like, a personal pet shaper for supreme overlords or other important people because sometimes it might be convenient for them to have someone who is not really bound to the traditional authority structure that shapers have and someone who's able to work a little outside the boundaries
2: yes i think it's probably yeah definitely positive
0: that has to be a thing because it doesn't savangla is well enough placed that he doesn't seem weirded out by Nanyim still existing and being on the Supreme Overlord's personal staff, basically.
2: Yeah, that's totally a thing that happened.
0: Yeah.
1: They also, there is, I think there's like one level of corruption among the Shapers and another level of corruption among the War Masters, and both kind of acknowledge that those things are going on, but they're they're separate buckets of corruption. mm -hmm. I also like that they're compatible,
0: sometimes not.
1: Yes. yeah. I just like wanted to shout out the part where the Vong are really confused because the um, New Republic is spreading rumors about what is going on at Borleus, mm-hmm. and one of the rumors is that they have infectious agents that transform normal beings into Jedi, <laughs> which just like made me laugh so much, partially because I read a fanfic with that concept once and partially because it's just a De- like deliciously ridiculous concept so very good oh
2: I love this book so much guys mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm just gonna be sappy right now Pilots are wonderful I just not wonderful sorry that I
0: love this book so much <laughs>
2: yeah I just I don't know I get really I get really excited and emotional anytime the rates come up because I think back when we were first going over who was gonna take what book in the series. I'm pretty sure the first one I claimed was Dark Journey, and the second one was uh, one of these books. And I think I ended up taking the next one because it has more of the Wraiths in it, but I was just kind of like, that's, ah, uh, Aaron Alston is just such a good writer. I mean, yes, there's things in this book that aren't perfect, like the Alima stuff, and I think part of that has to do with, this was what, the early 2000s, mm-hmm. you know, you're Writers are a product of their time, but man, he just he was. He writes emotional, he writes humor, he writes
1: good battle scenes, he writes the wraiths.
0: It's an all around awesome, fun book.
1: Yeah. Austin has brought so much warmth to the Star Wars community, and this book, even though it also deals with these very heavy subjects, also has that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I just really love Ray Squadron. I love them so much. They're such good, damaged boys and girls who just want to do their best, and are messes and think outside the box. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop crying about Race Squadron right
0: now. <laughs> Look, all we're gonna do is enable you. So <laughs> I
2: know. I know. Oh man. Ah. Okay. This
0: book was overall pretty darn awesome. And it makes me actually super excited for the next one. Because when I finished this one, my first thought was, should I just grab the next one? No, I should probably write my show notes first.
2: Yes. And then work on it. That's a good sign. Away, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to actually jump down to the listener questions? I think there's one oh, that's yeah. relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jamie asked us, do you feel like this fell a bit flat for an Alston book? And I'm going to go with no. <laughs>
0: I'm also going to go with no, to be honest, because this book was pretty awesome. <laughs> because
2: I will also say, it. I think anytime you see him, oh, how can I phrase this? So we see him write in f- four series, basically. And with the X-Wing books, those were his, he got to do his thing, you know, they were very much Alston writing Star Wars. These ones are still very much Alston writing Star Wars, but also within the constraints of... You have to write in this time frame, you have to write in the new Jedi Order. Here's everything else that's going on. Here are the things. I'm sure he was probably given a list of these are things we need to have happen. And I'm sure Jaina and Jag was a thing on that list. Um, I think you don't necessarily find a book that doesn't quite hit the typical Alstoniness until you get to either Legacy of the Force or Fate of the Jedi.
1: I'll be the outlier here and say that um this question may not necessarily be like targeted for me because I I really appreciate uh everything that Alston has, has kind of done for the fandom and for, you know, these these series like the X Wing series, but the humor is just not quite my type of humor. Like I appreciate it, but I don't I don't get like that joy from it so much. Um so I found that this one was uh you know maybe a little bit underwhelming because I knew that I I always feel kind of like I'm not getting something with Alston a little bit um but that is not to say that it fell a bit flat it's more to say that I just think these books and I have a slightly different sense of humor that's fair Um, We had another
2: question from Jamie who asked, what did, didn't you like about Luke's characterization?
1: So this, I have feelings about Luke in this book, actually, that I was not able to say earlier. Go for Uh, it. (laughs) So there are things I really like about it. I like that he's written kind of as a Yoda figure. He's a little bit mischievous at times. Um, But I also have like a big problem with the way he's written reacting to the other pilots because there's the one case in which he has a young pilot on his shield trio and he doesn't like that she's inexperienced and he kind of is impatient with her. And the whole time I was like, you were nineteen when you got an X Wing for the first time and went against a Death Star. Like, why are you I never thought of Luke as a person who would be pessimistic about sending someone who is like a a young, ambitious person into an adventure, because that's exactly how he started. And it could be framed as that he's worried that she's going to die, but it's not. It's framed as he's worried that she's not going to hold up her end of the S.H.I.E.L.D. trio. And I did not find that to be in character for Luke at all. Um, The stuff with the invasion of Coruscant, fine. Overall fine, but that one... That interaction just struck me as very strange. Went during the the you know space battle scenes. Hmm.
2: I almost took it more as, and not so much being a reflection on that younger pilot, but more of a reflection on it not being Mara. If that makes sense. Because before, like when when it opens, yeah, guess, it's yeah. it's him and Mara and Korin flying, and you know you have. Three pretty experienced pilots, all of them Jedi. One of them's his wife. And then I feel like it would I feel like maybe he felt the loss of I don't know. I'm just trying to mm-hmm. I'm trying to rationalize here.
1: Well, that is a good point because he clearly did feel the loss because they it was a huge decision for them whether she was gonna continue to go to be on the battlefield or or not. And uh so that's quite possible. I didn't see that in the text, but it's a good point yeah yeah i do like that luke has humor to him
2: though and i love i love his i love his interactions with mara she has a great line in the book about um how her capacity for mayhem is undiminished (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) that mara has a baby in her arms and she still has this cast on from breaking her ankle and she's just reassuring everyone that she is just as troublesome as ever
2: yeah (laughs) I like that part it's good yes Um, and that
0: is so intensely Mara
2: yeah and I just I sort of feel so I notice that sometimes when I when I tweet about these books um the new Jedi Order books and I have and I tweet about something that I really like in one of them and sometimes people will take that tweet and be like well, why don't we have this in Canon or why isn't this a Canon thing anymore? See, Legends did this so well. And I hate it when people do that because to hmm. me I I don't necessarily think that this Luke is is any is necessarily better than the Luke we have in Canon. I mean, I I understand why people don't necessarily like the Canon Luke and how, you know, especially when you first find him in The Last Jedi. But to me it's these those two Luke's are the culmination of the journeys they've had to that point. Yes. And so it makes sense to me that these are going to be different sorts of characters and I have an appreciation for how both of them are. Yes. And I and I kind of enjoy that, you know, even the Luke who's lost one, maybe two of his um uh his nephews can still move forward and yeah
1: yeah i agree i don't find comparing luke in legends and in njo to be a particularly relevant conversation but i see it as two possible paths Mm -hmm. branching off of the same beginning yes Yes.
0: like i i there are things that I like and dislike about both canon and legends, Luke, but I'm also talking about two very different universes, and I'm not comparing apples and apples at all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, d- I definitely get Megan's point before, though, about not liking that one part of yes. Luke's characterization. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
1: This yeah. is just um, fuel for the fire for the alternate universe where Kylo Ren was pulled over to the Bong side. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be interesting. Ugh.
0: I'm no. now imagining <laughs> Poe flying against Coral Skippers.
1: Yes! See? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Inflator>. <laughs> yes!
2: <laughs> and then they go back and they pull the First Order, because the Vong are not going to like the First Order. <laughs>
1: no! <laughs> Oh, I'm just gonna be race slowing with the orbital
0: one Can we borrow some assistance here?
2: Can, can we take your star killer? Great, thanks. We'll be right back. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, we'll return it in one piece and or have a really, really good story about it. Oh man. <laughs> okay,
2: well, the last question respect. we had uh was from Odie. And says, in the beginning, Cornhorn is using shadow bombs with Luke. It's unclear if he's supposed to be actually helping move the bombs around with the Force, but isn't he unable to use telekinesis? That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> and I would not have picked up on this if you had not asked the question, Odie, so
1: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> shruggy emoji. Oops. <laughs> yeah, it is unclear. Luke had Either enough telekinesis or... for both of them. I don't know.
0: Either that or Corrin is just kind of there as like moral support. <laughs> yeah because Corrin's so good at moral <laughs> being. Like... well is he better at that than he is at telekinesis
2: I mean he's got enough ego go. to think he's good at all of these things um <laughs> cause he's Corrin Horn also I like that uh Aaron worked in more Corellian jokes yes because there's a point where Jada looks at jag. And she's like, oh yeah, he's full-blooded Corellian, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, and all the rebels and uh, Wedge, this you're just-
0: This was awesome, okay?
2: I just love Wedge and Tycho and I love all of them, and they just are like, well, you're not gonna do the war right? Let's do it ourselves. And this is not the first time Wedge and Tillys has done this.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he Wedge just can't th- retire, can he? Either because of himself or because of the wars. Uh,
0: mostly because of himself well it was like
2: the last time he did this no was it the last time one of the one of the previous times he did this was because borsk Kefalo was like uh yeah i guess Tycho wasn't really the bad guy but can you guys all stay here and like do what i tell you to do and Wedge is like nope i'm residing rogue squadron out we're gonna go fight this war ourselves you want to help cool if you don't get out of our way
0: <laughs> he's like, he does
2: it again like Wedge Antilles is so good at treason <laughs>
1: <laughs> it has served him well it really has
0: number of times that Wedge has disobeyed direct orders not only gotten away with it but done much better than if he had followed said orders <sighs> Yep.
2: yeah and then he's I think it's funny though because now he has to deal with Jaina who is also not great at following orders and he has to kind of not discipline her which he doesn't follow orders because she's a goddess now
0: yeah
2: this is is karma i love you but this is karma
0: yes (laughs) he totally totally knows that this is just simply karma
2: (laughs) he probably saw like after he after he was like oh awesome face is the best because he managed to help Get my wife and my kids back to me. This is amazing and wonderful. I love them. Face, you're a good person. And then probably, like, he woke up 12 hours later in the middle of the night and went, Face Lord is here. The Wraiths are here. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> Can that, like? I feel like that is the summary of this episode. The Wraiths yes. are here.
0: <laughs> yes. So yes. Where's Lieutenant Ketch? <laughs> yum, yum. <laughs> oh I love it I'm sorry I,
2: I feel like I warned everyone that I was just going to talk about Race Squadron 90% of the time And I have really just done what I promised
1: That's exactly what the people want I think I
2: agree Me <laughs> to yell about race and justify Jaina Jag Because I didn't call I did not <laughs> expect that last one to happen <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, The enthusiasm is appreciated Even if I disagree with your ship choice Wait we're not having this war this isn't a war. I don't even care
2: that much. Like, yeah. let's be real. There's, yeah, there's about the three ships. A I, listen, yeah. there's three ships in Star Wars I care about. One is Kylux. One is Iden and Dell. And I don't really think I have any other horses in races
0: now.
1: Like, cool.
0: Yeah, nowadays yeah. I don't really think I do. I don't think.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to do this. Come back to me later. <laughs>
0: I say I don't think and then have to think about it makes me go, yeah, I probably should not get distracted on this
1: one. (laughs) Iden and Del are nice. My resistance ship hasn't spoken yet, so we'll see. (laughs) I'm I'm kind of on the TAM
2: Zanara. Like, I am on board. If that happens, I am on board with it for resistance. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I'm just like, oh, Kaz, I love you, baby. Please, please, please stop tripping over things. I ship Tam, I ship I ship Kaz and walking down the corridor without tripping.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I ship Yeager and happiness. Yeager and someone that someone just hasn't appeared yet. Yes. Oh
2: Cat. Kaz. Oh, Kazuta Ziono would be an amazing member of Ray Squadron.
0: Someone write me that fanfic. Oh my god. Dude. we going to need a counter for number of fanfics we've told other people to write.
1: <laughs> well, that's why we that's why we made this counter. So how many has it been? I this don't know. So several, 3. 3? Or so.
0: <laughs> like I wrote in our show notes, we should have written this down. There's a lot of things we should have written down. Yeah. I'm right. also
2: tweeting it so someone will write me this fic. <laughs> oh good.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think our Jedi deaths and Nogri deaths have also stayed consistent.
2: Yeah, no and... one died. Well, I mean, people died in this book, but I don't think any Jedi or Nogri died. No. No. Mm. And yeah, we our are
0: presence. never going to be able to gain count of Kip's a Jerk references. Sorry. The limit.
1: the limit does not exist. Exactly. Him putting the the picture of the sun he blew up on his <laughs> X-Wing... Just makes this, <laughs> we've broken the scale now.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Also, okay, I will say in his defense,
1: that's totally,
2: that's a propaganda and tactical
1: move. Very much so, yeah, very much so. But the fact that he had that available to him, I don't know. And also I have a lot of that's feelings true. about like how guilty and uncomfortable that would have been for him. So maybe he's being a jerk to himself as well.
2: You know what? I don't think any... No one hates Kip Duran more than Kip Duran. Like, I really, I really believe that, especially up to this point. And there's a scene in the next book where I think that kind of drives it home. But...
1: I want to be um, a Kipologist, but I, I have feelings. <laughs> I There's a the thing where he gets out of the... Oh, what?
2: When they get to the planet, I can't remember where the heck it is, but he has... There's a really good line where like they someone greets him and they're like, you look something. And I, ugh, I'm i going to find this stupid line. I'm going to find it. Wait, gonna, was that
1: oh. in Dark Journey? There was no, it similar. was in this okay. one. Okay.
2: Hold on. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find this stupid line. It's going to bother me otherwise. Jaina, where are you? This is important. Oh, there it is. Found it. Uh, It's Kip and Luke. Where he, it's like, Luke says, you seem tired. Or no, I'm sorry. Kip, Luke greets Kip. And he's like, Kip, Master Skywalker. Oddly, there was neither irony nor anger in Kip's voice. You seem tired. No, I don't, Kip said. Just different. I thought that was really telling about things that changed for him in Dark Journey when they were on HAPES. And that's a journey he's on right now because he's figuring his crap out 12 years after he should have. It's
0: fine. (laughs) Yeah. Kip finally started to grow up. Finally. Listen,
2: I didn't mean to become a Kip-apologist, but here we are.
0: No. (laughs) Look, I don't think any of us meant to, but these things just seem to happen.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'll go back to being a Ray Squadron fangirl. Eventually I'll get that tattooed on my body.
1: And we're going to make all the fanfic requests. That's what's yes, going on here. Please,
0: yes, please. do. Also, Actually, if anyone... If, if anyone... get me a your Bong chest set also. Yes, <laughs> but honestly, okay,
2: wait, if anyone wants to go back through our episodes and make us a list of, like, every single fanfic idea we have suggested and send it to one of us, I don't know what we'll do, but I'll come up with something.
0: You might <laughs> keep be... some of us out of mischief for a little while.
2: Yes. <laughs> So if someone wants to do that, that would be cool.
0: Please somebody who has a bit more spare time than any of us.
1: Yeah. Anyways. Spare time and, and plot hooks. That's what I need. <laughs> yes. Yeah, And
0: if someone can grab me a time turner while they're up.
2: <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. I, I looked at my, my schedule for when we're probably recording next month and oh boy, <laughs> I'll be peachy.
0: Hey, this this podcast is brought to you by a host who just did three like 11 12 hour workdays in a row so this is awesome
2: <laughs> Rocky, does, does that mean you would like us to wrap up and for everyone to say where they can find us on social media
0: well do we have any more closing <laughs> thoughts nope <laughs> <laughs> Other than we all probably need some more sleep, and more
1: I know I was going to make some kind of ideas, pun about how all hell. of my thoughts are closing, but uh, last thought is Wedge Antilles rules the galaxy. Woo! Keep an eye so on <laughs> A Alima <Wait>. deserves better. <laughs> <laughs> Write us fanfic,
0: please. <laughs>
1: good. I think it's that a good note down. to end on. Cool. And
0: yes, on that note where can we all be found on social media?
1: Megan? (laughs) I can be found at blog full of words. Um, I write for Star Wars Insider, StarWars.com, and Den of Geek. And uh, I podcast on this and also Blaster Cannon. And I was on a recent episode of Tashi Station's main show talking about Alphabet Soup, a.k.a. the upcoming Alphabet Squadron trilogy. So... Check that out if you like Star Wars books, which I assume you do. If you're here, <laughs> we hope so.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, you're really lost. <laughs> you might
1: be really into like niche communities, I guess. <laughs> it's cool. Everything's fine. It's fine. Uh, oh, yeah. You can
2: you can find me uh, on social media at Chaos Bria. That's uh, Twitter and Instagram, and then also my personal site. And then I also write for StarWars.com. And every now and then, if you pick up a certain Marvel comic in the Age of. What are we on? Republic series, you just might find something I've written. And yeah, that's it for me.
0: <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I am Lady Darth Kyatus on Twitter. I can be found deep in the archives of 1138 back when I was writing for them. I don't know. Someday I might even decide to come off hiatus. And I have also appeared on Of Dice and Droids, the gaming podcast from the Tashi Station Network. Speaking of which, this podcast is distributed as part of the Tashi Station Network. I and forgot to podcast... say Tashi Station. Oh yeah, that's true. I read for Tashi Station. It's home.
1: It's just always there. You assume it's around you.
0: <laughs> oh my god, Brian's do so much crap when he listens to this. Tashi Station surprise. I'm gonna try not to fall off my chair again in the corner. (laughs) And uh, yeah, this podcast has been brought to you in part by your support on Patreon, along with your support for your sleep-deprived, slightly hilarious hosts. And if you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the Tashi Station radio mega feed or to the Thrawncast feeds on iTunes for more episodes. Join us next time when we read Enemy Lines, Rebel Stand, also by Aaron Alston. And you can read and tweet along with us by using the hashtag Vongcast. Free entertainment and more discussion of strange Yuzhan Bong technology. Can we say that? <laughs> oh Yes.
1: Corgi's count.
0: Yes. <laughs> feel free to t- tweet us
2: pictures of your corgis.
0: <laughs> yes yes and adorable pets in general <sighs> and yes well thank you for listening yup yup commander yay <laughs>
1: good good <laughs>